0: Welcome to The Fit Chap, a podcast devoted to the fitness and well-being of prospective chaplains coming into the United States Army. I'm your host, Jason Phipps, and today my guest is Lieutenant Colonel Ben Bauer, a physical therapist with the 193rd Infantry Brigade here at Fort Jackson. Sir, thank you so much for joining us on our inaugural episode.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's quite an honor. Uh, Looking forward to this.
0: Well, sir, since we uh, have you here as our first guest, I would love for you to just kind of start off our time with uh, maybe giving a little bit of your backstory, how you came to be a physical therapist in the Army.
1: Sure. So I went to a a small civilian school, physical therapy school in, in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, in Erie, Pennsylvania, Gannon University. That's a shout out to Gannon University. Had done ROTC as an undergrad student. And then came on active duty, uh, served four years and I got I got out of the Army. That's a long story, but uh, maybe another podcast. And uh, you know it was during that break that I, I realized, you know the Army meant more to me than I thought it did. I missed being a part of something bigger, working alongside soldiers serving with soldiers, you know helping soldiers, all that good stuff. And so it was about a three and a half year break in service when I came back in and just really felt, reinvigorated in a way to serve. I worked at Eisenhower Army Medical Center at, at Fort Gordon and then had the opportunity to take a company command at the fitness training unit in, in Fort Benning, where I worked in a similar environment to, to where I do now with, with trainees, trainees who suffered significant injuries and weren't able to continue in that OSIT pipeline, help them get back to you know graduate and do great things. And then came to Fort Jackson, where I've been for a while, uh, serving as the director of the United States Army Physical Fitness School. That was a a really unique and and wonderful opportunity. Uh, And then worked at at Moncrief Army Health Clinic. And I should say that that was also a unique and wonderful opportunity since I just said that about the United States Army Physical Fitness School. Uh, As the director of rehab services, and just kind of working on kind of the other end of trainee care at the Troop Medical Clinic. So just really having a holistic view of of trainees, trainee injuries, and now another perspective as the Holistic Health and Fitness uh, Injury Control Director and Interim Program Director at the 193rd Infantry Brigade.
0: Okay. Well, sir, you, you definitely, when you talked about holistic fitness and, and well-being, you have really dovetailed into... Uh, what is kind of a, a passion project As uh, I've spent some time as a Chibola instructor and seen some of the, the physical limitations that training within the Army can create. As you may or may not know, our average age for initial entry students is approximately 38 years old. Mm. So much like some of the other specialized branches, we have several chaplains who have just, they've never served in, in the mm. Army. And so this is... Very much a new and in many ways daunting experience for them to come here and to train and to be exposed to the culture of physical training within the army. Now, with that being said, of of course, the army has physical re- fitness requirements that all soldiers must adhere to in order to maintain really a, a ready fighting force. And in my opinion, chaplains they're no exception. One of the classes we teach during the direct commissioning course, or the DCC phase of Chibolic, is on holistic health and fitness. You also know as well that this comes straight out of the field manual, FM7-22, which shares that same title. And so for our listeners, uh, FM7-22 covers five domains of readiness, physical, nutritional, mental, spiritual, and sleep readiness, and it really is this definitive instruction manual for individual soldier readiness. Well, one of the recurring issues that we frequently encounter amongst our students are musculoskeletal problems, and these problems can occur within just a few weeks of students arriving. Sir, when you think of our demographic, what would be some initial guidance that you would give to a student who's arriving here day zero?
1: Yeah, great question. I guess I should begin by saying that these opinions, thoughts are my own. They don't reflect the thoughts, opinions of 193rd Infantry Brigade, Fort Jackson, the United States Army. So a little disclaimer before I begin. And I just first to just note that musculoskeletal injuries, overuse musculoskeletal injuries, this modern military epidemic, this very large impediment to readiness, does not discriminate. It's ubiquitous. Uh, You have a 38-year-old prospective chaplain who comes into the Army. It's a similar issue that a young American aged 17 to 24 years faces when they decide to join the Army. And then it's also an issue for soldiers of my generation, Generation X, millennials, right, that we don't do so well when it comes to preventing overuse musculoskeletal injuries, For the better part of a decade, a soldier in the United States Army was more likely to suffer an overuse musculoskeletal injury every year than they were to actually become bigger, faster, and stronger. Soldiers typically, in my opinion, get less ready every year than they do to become more ready. And so we can kind of, um, you know, not to go too far down down that conversation track, but to kind of get back to, you know, a recommendation for. some of the future fit chaplains out there uh, would be to just consider a holistic approach to health and fitness uh, and really just to look at what the baseline would be. Endeavor to get seven to nine hours of sleep a night, right? Quality sleep, kind of looking at what, you know, some good practices are to kind of set yourself up for for quality sleep uh, first and foremost. There are Challenges out there to getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night, regardless of of who you are and where you are in life. I acknowledge that, you know, but I I think it's the uh, pursuit (laughs) that's important. And then physical activity, some endurance-based activities two to three times a week, resistance, strength training, two, two to three times a week, right? Obviously, there's seven days in a week, so you got to break that down a little bit differently from time to time. And then eating a balanced diet and looking at what potentially your daily caloric requirement is i think those those are the the that's the baseline to kind of get after and obviously and and even soldiers across the army to just kind of look at that baseline that foundation of a performance period and kind of hitting those marks first and foremost and then worrying about some of the other like high speed types of things that we do to uh to recover, to exercise, among other things. I think a lot of times we gravitate towards things that are well marketed and, and kind of hit those, you know, million-dollar athletes or celebrities get paid really well to market certain things and certain ways to exercise and performance-based techniques it's kind of put in the cart before the horse. And it's just focusing on those, those fundamentals. Seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Get some physical activity into your life. Inject a little physical activity into your life. Endurance two to three days a week. Uh, resistance training two to three days a week, and then just a balanced baseline ki- type of uh, a diet. I think we do pretty well to establish that foundation.
0: So, sorry, you talk about a baseline, and I imagine like a stool that has several legs to it and, and that uh, with each leg somewhat representative of good sleep, good nutrition. It's very interesting because we have students here who arrive, and again, have uh, these are pastors. Some of them are um, institutional chaplains. Some of them have been in parachurch ministry. Some of them have just left their civilian profession to come into the army. And they may have maybe, let's just say two out of those three legs. They're getting good sleep. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have good nutrition, but physical exercise is, is not something that they're familiar with. So I guess my my question in light of that, because the Army is a culture that it seems like it's constantly shifting the degree to which nutrition and sleep and fitness are important. We've we've changed the requirements of our physical fitness test. We've now gone to more of a combat-focused fitness test versus one that is is more geared towards endurance versus strength and conditioning. So I guess my, my question in light of that, sir, is... How do we bring those students who are coming in, for, again, from this broad spectrum of experiences in the civilian world into this environment? It seems like there's got to be a, a mental component as well to make that adjustment.
1: Absolutely. So just for clarification, just in, the, in terms of the mental domain, kind of what we're looking at to help prepare prospective chaplains you know, for being a chaplain in the Army, whatever demand that might be, physical demand, sure, that's certainly one. You know, one approach is is certainly t- towards mental toughness. I mean, it's it's the spiritual domain. I think there's there's a I would assume there's kind of this baseline knowledge and how you would would take that approach to just help mentally prepare yourself for some physical and mental challenges that that lay ahead. And then kind of building on that with mindfulness and and meditation, really getting into practice for that and kind of laying. Sort of the mental domain foundation to prepare for some some mental toughness, and then kind of you know combining the physical and the mental domain, I think is is huge. Taking some of those those tools, whether it's breathing techniques or performance imagery, and and applying that during a, a physical workout or some type of physical test that you might be doing in order to prepare for, uh, you know, to to come to the United States Army, uh, like endurance-based activities and, and foot marches, most folks will, will quit mentally before they, they quit physically. And so I think the stronger, kind of going back to 90% of life being from the neck up, you know, the stronger you can make that mental domain, of course, everything else will, will follow suit.
0: Absolutely, sir. And just, again, to give the listeners an idea of what to expect when you come to Jabolik, those of you who are considering coming into the Chaplain Corps, it really is in many ways mental preparation more than anything else. We know that you're spiritually prepared. We know that in many ways you're physically and emotionally prepared. But we do have a number of events that are required events that must be completed in order to graduate. And I just want to share those with you all today. So first and foremost, what we do, and we do this twice every class, is we will conduct the ACFT. Now, currently, as it stands within uh, Chabolik you are required to take the test. However, I would not use that as an excuse to do the bare minimum. Uh, and when you prepare for a test like that, we will do everything and our power here with regards to physical readiness training and military movement drills will we'll certainly pull out the equipment and give, give you all an opportunity to practice taking a test that uh, many of you may never have taken before. But you are required to take that. We do that test twice a class. We also have a number of road marches, which is kind of A scary and daunting task as well for some of our prospective students as they come to Chibolik, But we try to be progressive in our thinking when it comes to physical preparation for the road march. We normally start off with about a two-mile road march. And it culminates in a six-mile road march towards the end of the course as we move out to conduct a field exercise. So those two events, in addition to uh, a few other events that require some physical endurance, we have an obstacle course that we conduct called Fit to Win. Uh, I, I, I tend to, to pump up Fit to Win because <laughs> it's uh, it's a very competitive event between the platoons. But we also have a 40-foot tower that all students are required to rappel down. So, sir, you're engaged. I I know at some point in time, if not currently, you're engaged with basic trainees here at Fort Jackson, and they have some of those similar requirements uh, as we do, and then probably some others as well in addition to those. Where do you see... Your, your students, the basic trainees, at what stage, what phase are they starting to have more of those issues? Or are you seeing a greater accumulation of those types of, of issues, be they musculoskeletal or other kind of uh, injuries that mm-hmm. they sustain?
1: Sure. Well, th- the most important thing is having established a, a baseline for some physical, mental, spiritual, right, et cetera, readiness and, and toughness to a certain degree before before you arrive because it's a very steep ramp of progression if, if you don't have that when you get here. And those are the, uh, you know, the trainees who are most vulnerable to injury in in this environment or most likely to a trip, in my opinion, in this, in this environment, are those who don't really have that foundation established on coming to Fort Jackson. And, training.
0: and I think it's, in, it's encouraging to know, you mentioned this earlier, sir, that it doesn't matter what age... Uh, You are issues, physical issues, physical limitations that might occur in training. Don't discriminate against age or ability. Like it really is something that happens to everyone. But uh, I, I wonder, and this is something that I would potentially put out to our prospective students, is that there is, as you come to... Chibolic, again, maybe you're older. The age range with our students is is pretty broad. We have students that are as young as 25, 26, all the way to individuals that are in their 50s. So you you might imagine each individual from opposite ends of that spectrum come with different life experiences, different habits that they've developed over the course of time versus that 17 or 18 year old, who's Mm -hmm. in many ways is like an empty vessel that you're just building up. So as we and this is this is just some just some food for thought i'd love to hear your opinion on this as we think about those older students who come in who maybe have developed some some bad habits that would impact their ability to adapt physically to the requirements of the army what would you maybe encourage them to do to to work around those habits and, and lay some of those aside so that they might be successful here at chabolik
1: first thing that comes to mind is promoting some self-awareness in terms of what the weaknesses and strengths might be. And a great way to, to do that would be to look at, get a, a basic understanding of what the ACFT consists of. Uh, there, it's easy to do. FM 7-22, ATP 7-22.01, and ATP 7-22.02. Those are all readily available online. But the ACFT and the test, there's information on that in ATP 7-22.01 specifically, to get an idea of what, what the test consists of, because you're, you're gonna get an idea of, of strength, endurance, speed, agility, power, right, all these components of combat physical fitness, all these components of, of physical fitness, and to kind of look at where your scores kind of lie with, with some of those events. You may not be able to replicate them specifically, but I think there's something to be said in beginning with with an assessment to just see where, see where your strengths and weaknesses are, uh, so that then you can kind of get an idea of where you kind of need to attack with regards to, right, am I an endurance beast? And maybe I'm, I'm kind of weak and lacking in the strength domain, and I need to focus on, on that piece. Things get complicated because we want to make sure that folks are safe, right, when they begin to take that approach to attack some of those weaknesses. Because if it's a weakness, it's likely that it's an area of physical fitness that you're unfamiliar with. Uh, so we want to be careful with that too. Seek advice of perhaps somebody uh, that you know or in the community that has a certain affinity for that that type of, of training to just see where you might want to go with regards to building uh, a strength and conditioning routine that is going to address whatever weakness you might have. Uh, but I think it's important just to kind of begin with that assessment.
0: No, that's, that's great, sir. And I, and I know that we will have a number of, of students who are prior service, who are familiar with the rigors of being in the Army. They've maybe taken the ACFT for record. Maybe they've gone to some schools that require a degree of physical fitness that is above and beyond what we would require here. I also imagine that there will be a number of students who attend, who just, they just get it. You know, they're, they're excited to be here. They love running. Uh, they love lifting weights. They have sure. that good uh, mind-body balance, Absolutely. and uh, they look forward to those those challenges. And certainly there are opportunities for those individuals, particularly those of, of you who could potentially be going on active duty after you become branch qualified and complete chibolic. And there will be great opportunities for you to extend what you've learned here into any military schooling, be it stuff like ranger school or air assault or green platoon with 160th. All of these different schools have very demanding requirements when it comes to physical fitness. But I do believe that it is that mental domain is above uh, the physical in many ways because that is what will ideally deliver you through those experiences and set you up for success. And I would say that that's just as true for those of you coming to Jabolik as well who have had no uh, experience uh, in those areas of demanding physical fitness just looking to, to see what it's like and really maybe you don't have any expectations other than to to succeed and, and do well. Sir, what would you say to those students who maybe one shows up here, never lifted a weight, never run a mile, never done push-ups or anything like that? Because we, we, we do. Inevitably, we have those types mm-hmm. of students who show up who despite all the advice we can give them to prepare, yeah. they still show up unprepared. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that student? Good luck. No, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, you know,
1: but, uh, but seriously, make sure that you, you have realistic expectations because it, it takes time to develop lean muscle mass. It takes time to increase your VO2 max or to improve your, your cardiovascular fitness. I mean, that, that takes time. It's not just going to happen overnight. And if you see folks that, that are more physically fit, it's not necessarily that they've been gifted this this physical fitness. It's just something that they've developed over time. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, the mental and the physical domain, and you know, all these domains go hand in hand and complement one another, you know, that they've at the same time injected some of that rigor into their life that they built this up over time it, it didn't happen overnight and I think you kind of get that snapshot in time during this course that you know some folks are just way more physically fit than you might be coming in here just understand with uh, realistic expectations that it's going to take time to to develop and I know that there is anyway way an arbitrary length of time that, that someone's going to be here that they need to to graduate the course and Meet this um, baseline level of, of physical fitness that, that, that the course requires, and you see that similarly in in basic combat training. That sometimes uh, I don't know if I'm stepping outside. Here. No, that's
0: okay. We don't we don't get a lot of basic combat training here. We <laughs> have a lot of prior prior combat service. Sure, uh, but yeah.
1: No, I'm just that sometimes basic combat training takes longer than ten weeks.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it does. for
1: for a trainee to graduate, they're not ready to progress. Through ten weeks, whenever they arrive here,
0: yeah, and we don't necessarily recycle s- students who have uh, struggled with any of the physical fitness a- yeah. events. We, well, if we do recycle them, it, we don't put them in a holding status. They, they yeah. have to, they have to go back home and mm-hmm. then come back and, and try try again, if you will, yeah. at a later time. Right. So, which raises uh, another uh, matter for those of you again who are considering coming to attend this class. It's, it's completely natural for people to sustain injuries here. I think we've we pretty yeah. much established that. The Army is, will, will at some point in time, you're going to injure yourself in the Army, regardless of whether you're jumping out of airplanes or you're on a road march or you're taking an ACFT, you're going to sustain an, an injury that's going to require some sort of physical therapy, some sort of physical recovery. And so we anticipate as students arrive here that they will have Reasons to go to sick call, but what we have discovered is that hopefully this is helpful information for those of you who are listening, who are considering coming into the army or coming to here to uh, to the schoolhouse. Is that if you are consistently having issues, if there's a recurring issue that you are having physically that requires you to be on a profile that will prevent you from uh, meeting the required guidelines for graduation, those events that I mentioned, the road march, the ACFT, the obstacle course, then that is a setback as well because that will probably force those students to to go back home and to heal and to recover and then come back at a later time. So it really behooves the student, regardless of what their background is, to physically and mentally prepare to come here because if you're not ready for this Experience, if you will, then it's it, you're going to be disappointed mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I
1: kind of wanted to add one more thing from earlier, real quick, just in terms of, of preparation, that uh, I completely understand that physical fitness might just be a completely foreign concept to to some people, and the idea of reading about a, a test, even in a manual, and, and learning a little bit about that is just it's it's a little too much. But just and I need to be careful on how um, specific I get with my recommendation here, but if you have access to a gym, like machines are pretty safe. Nautilus machines, resistance training machines, that even if you don't move too well, machines can account for some of that, a little bit safer. Also, just some endurance training on stationary machines, like a bike or an elliptical, walking even on a treadmill, if you don't run so well. Those are some options too. And then if you don't have access to a gym, and I, I think it's just building up some type of resiliency in your lower extremities with walking, right? Maybe hiking in the woods. I yeah. think that's important Absolutely. or on on trails doesn't necessarily have to be in the woods. And then just some basic body weight exercises, though you need to be careful about the the volume, uh, the frequency and the duration, but just kind of understanding how to load through your lower extremities with, with some squats. And then, Load bearing through your upper extremities, and that and that can be push-ups too. So just some yeah. some very basic things that hopefully, again, if it seems a little daunting to just begin some type of physical training regimen, that would be a way to do it. And then, like we mentioned too, just starting to bring in the mental domain yeah. into that physical domain as often as you can.
0: I would absolutely just reemphasize what you are saying, uh, Colonel Bauer, because we, we do we we want s- students to come here, and we want them to to really do well. We want them to crush it, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, when they come here and take the ACFT and do the six-mile road march because we know that BOLIC is in and of itself a baseline, and it's really preparing them for what will very likely be much more demanding requirements of their battalion once they arrive to their gaining units. So we want them to be prepared, and that's what we do. We establish uh, that level of preparedness in order that they might succeed.
1: I would, I would say that in what you said, too, that you, we want them to succeed and we just we want them to be safe and, mm-hmm. you know, to not get hurt while they're here. And yeah. that that baseline preparation, investing a little bit of time into that is going to be incredible in terms of what that can do for performance and, and prevention while at Chibolic.
0: Well, that about wraps up our time this morning. Thanks to Colonel Ben Bauer, physical therapist at 193rd Infantry Brigade, for joining us today, sir. Thank you again so much.
1: Thank you, Chaplain. Again, I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, stay tuned for our next episode as we look at eudaimonic well-being and how this contributes to resiliency and recovery. If you enjoy what you heard, click subscribe in your podcast app and feel free to a review as well. Have a great day.